Hey, PaleoGo family. This is another episode of the PaleoGo Show. I'm your host, Dylan Fladhammer, CEO and founder of PaleoGo Nutrition. And today is part two of this kind of impromptu series uh, that I guess I started yesterday, which is talking about the book, The Primal Blueprint, because this is the book um, authored by Mark Sisson that first got me into my primal paleo lifestyle. Six and a half years ago, this is the this is the book that turned me on. This is the book that I kind of devoured, soaked up all the knowledge, and literally, actually, it's funny, even before getting the book, I had decided to do this primal diet based on actually a video talk I saw talking about the primal blueprint and Mark's kind of uh, guidelines to this primal diet. So anyways, yesterday, uh, in kind of talking about going back to the basics, uh, if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out as this is part two. And for everyone who has and is following the natural progression, awesome. So here we are covering kind of uh, this this whole idea of going back to the basics, no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're actually just starting out and a lot of this you're hearing for the first time, or you're someone like me who's done this for six and a half years uh, and super recognizes even just looking at the 10 laws uh, inside this book that there's shit I'm not doing that, that I can start implementing some of these things. Uh, and it's probably going to have profound benefit. So as much for me as for you, uh, I'm going through each of these laws, uh, kind of digesting and decompressing them. Uh, yesterday, I, I laid out all 10 and uh, hoped, or I guess I didn't have any idea of where I would go, but ended up, uh, we only got to law one. Uh, again, if if you're listening to this and haven't uh, heard that podcast, I'd go back to episode three, go check that one out, and then come back and give this one a listen. So on uh, part two of this Primal Blueprint series, we're going to dive into law two. And Primal Blueprint law number two is avoid poisonous things. Now, this is like the huge, big component, I'd say, that paleo primal diet are based off of is that most of the foods recommended to us by the Canadian or American food guide are foods we should not be eating. Like fact, most of the foods in these food pyramids, the majority of what we're told we should eat are are foods we should actually not be eating any of pretty much. And I said this yesterday and I'll say it again today. If you look at North America as kind of a cross-section of health, you know, I think we're all aware that there is a health epidemic going on right now, that obesity rates are on the rise, that diabetes are on the rise, that all of these diseases are on the rise. And if you look at what most people are following, quote unquote, the guidelines of these food guides, you'll see that it's a failed hypothesis that these standards that everyone is being told, that your layman person is being told to follow is inaccurate and thus 
you can see the tangible results of the human population, at least in North America. So this key is important. Avoid poisonous things. And so I'm going to caveat right now. I've been doing this for six and a half years. I've read a lot of books. I've been obsessed. I've got a lot of knowledge. But I'm still a dum-dum. I'm not the most educated. I've never taken, you know, classes in school that really break down. So if you're kind of a super nerd out there who has a lot of this scientific knowledge, I'm probably going to say some dumb shit. But that's okay, because... I'm not trying to be 100% accurate to the scientific figures. I'm trying to get the point across. Because I think most of us just need to understand at a level that's going to benefit us. And so that's where I'm at. Is I don't have, you know, I might say some things incorrectly. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be one. Um, but I'm going to tell you what I know And what's gotten me this far and this much success into this. So so the reason I caveat that is because how I explain why grains aren't good for you might not be the most accurate, but I think it really helps paint a picture. And it's, it's, I read it somewhere and it's kind of stuck with me for the years. And so anytime someone asks me, because when we start talking about paleo, the biggest question people ha- ask is like, especially when we start saying like, you can't eat grains and, and yada, yada, yada. The biggest question is like, why not? Again, because that's the thing we've been told to eat the most of is grains. And so this is what I read somewhere and I'm going to share with you. It's the same thing I share with, you know, my friends and people I meet. So surprising to some of you, all plants also want to reproduce. That's actually their purpose. The purpose is to reproduce. They want to spread. They're also a living life form. Some plants have this positive mechanism for reproduction, and some plants have this negative process to protect them so that they can reproduce. So an example of the positive is if you look at uh, berries... Berries are specifically designed to actually be eaten. The berry, the fruit of the plant, is designed to be eaten so that the animal that then eats this berry, which is just the seeds of the plant packaged in this nice, you know, tasty morsel, so that those seeds can then be essentially pooped out in a fertilized package so that they can grow in this different place. And again, super simple terms, but this is effectively how berries try to reproduce themselves and spread, is they create these nice fruits so that they attract, you know, squirrels or birds or whatever to come eat them, so that those seeds then get pooped out in this nice fertilized package somewhere else. And then those seeds are given a chance to, you know, with the right conditions, grow into a new plant. And that continues on and on and on and on. Now, other plants have a way to 
you know, reproduce or make new plants without the aid or assistance of, say, other animals. So instead, they have mechanisms to defend themselves from being eaten. So a great example of this is poison oak and poison ivy. It's like they have a clear black and white defense mechanism of don't touch me or you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> and so this is what they do. And, and, and I love these examples because it makes it super clear. Like poison oak, poison ivy, you get these horrible rashes. I'm thankful I've never actually experienced one myself, but, you know, I've heard and seen images. So you get these horrible rashes. Because the plant is just doing its own thing. It, it just, it's just like, leave me alone. So when we look at grains, which are actually seed grasses, I say they do the exact same thing as poison oak and poison ivy. They're actually trying to not be eaten. Because for them, eating those seeds, then they don't get to reproduce. And so what grains do is they don't have this external poison to the touch defense mechanism. They have more of like this kamikaze last ditch effort. Once they're in your gut, they're going to try to derail you from eating them again because of the consequences you suffer from having ingested them. And so a lot of grains... And when we talk about their specific proteins or molecules, whether we're talking about lectins or then we're talking about gluten, they do a host of a few things. One is us humans, unlike uh, certain other mammals, we just don't have the digestion and the right enzymes to break them down. So first and foremost, one of the main damages they cause is they are responsible for punching holes in your gut lining. And they do this because they don't get broken down into uh, the proper size that they can then fit through the junctions. They stay in a much more whole form. And then they punch holes in your gut lining, which then can attribute to things like leaky gut and then make more bad things happen. Again, this is them as a plant trying to reproduce. This is them not wanting to be eaten by you. They do not want to be consumed by you. These types of plants. So they do these kinds of things. Another thing they do, so gluten. Gluten is just a one of many proteins. But what gluten does is it has a similar structure to a lot of other proteins. And so, again, to keep things in simple terms, when food gets broken down into, you know, um, when it gets broken down, think of it as like these keys, right? Like each of these molecules are then keys and then we have transport systems that essentially pick up these keys because the keys fit the same lock so they fit together on these transport systems and then they're taken to different areas in our body where we need them well why a lot of grains and you might have heard this term before you might have not 
a lot of grains are considered anti-nutrients, meaning not only do they have harmful benefits, but they specifically block you from uptaking other nutrients. So it's been shown, and it's fact in studies, that consuming things like grains actually decrease your uptake of certain vitamins and nutrients. So even if, let's say you had a beautiful salad, but then you had a piece of bread, that bread, because of its anti-nutrients, because of its makeup and how it's kind of going into the body and then fitting into these keys or into these locks with its keys actually prevent you from uptaking other nutrients. Because what they do is they essentially jam up those locks. They get in there with their key because it fits and then they stay there. And so they kind of jam it up so that now all these transport systems that are would normally be taking these other nutrients are now blocked, meaning these nutrients aren't then getting uptaken, and then they continue until they're expelled. So this is what anti-nutrients are. For any of those who've heard it but not really understood it, that's the simple terms. Other things that gluten does is once it gets into these keys or once it kind of punches through the gut lining, these molecules end up in the bloodstream that look like foreign invaders. And so what happens is, is the body amounts an immune response to it. It creates these white blood cells to go after these quote-unquote foreign invaders. The problem is, is typically... And what happens is these, again, things like gluten are very similar in molecule structure to other proteins in our body. And our own immune system can't differentiate. So it amounts this attack to all these foreign invaders in our bloodstream. And it's like, it's telling the body and the immune system are like, this, this molecule, these are invaders, attack them. So it's going after these, but then it, it sees these other proteins in other areas of the body. And then it starts attacking those areas. And it starts attacking healthy cells in our own body that look very similar to whatever these foreign proteins are. And that in essence, is what we call systemic inflammation. It's why, it's why, and, and this might blow your mind, but everything's food related. It's why after eating something like bread, your joints can hurt because it's literally your body attacking itself based on the foreign invaders it's found. It's why... People who have gluten intolerances can have so many wide-ranging health side effects, each differing from each other. It's just, it's because essentially the body gets confused and starts attacking itself. It's Again, to why I caveated in the beginning is like, I'm not that smart, but I understand these enough. And what autoimmune disease is, is exactly what it sounds like. Autoimmunity it means your own immune response is attacking itself. And that isn't normal. It is being caused typically by external sources, typically by what you put in your mouth hole, 
typically by foods that are specifically designed to hurt you so that you don't come back and eat them again. The problem is, like I called out myself in the beginning, us humans think we're smart. But in reality, we're just dumb primates. Because if we were actually smart, after we ate something that didn't agree with us, we would stop eating it, regardless of how delicious or good it looks or how it makes us feel for the five seconds it's in our mouth. If we were smart, we would easily avoid poisonous things. But we're actually big, dumb dumbs. Big, stupid primates. That's what we are. You know why? Because I guarantee almost 100% of you, including me, because I've done it lots, are eating bullshit that you know is not good for you. But you're doing it because it makes you feel good or it looked good, or you had a craving, or whatever. That's why we're idiots. We literally eat stupid shit that hurts us, and we 100% know it hurts us, yet we do it anyways. And so, this is what this whole law is about. Super basic, super simple. Avoid poisonous shit. And let's make this a little bit more contextual. In our life, stop eating shit that you know gives you a reaction. I know so many of you out there do it because I struggled with it so long myself. Like, it took me, not to get too TMI, it took me months of having bathroom trips, like, instantaneously after eating dairy and having the worst, like bowel cramps to finally, finally stop doing it. I can't tell you how many giant ass Dairy Queen blizzards I would eat, even when I knew I was lactose intolerant. And the thing is, and and I'll share my story eventually, because a lot of it is actually due to like self-harm, this kind of mentality. But the, the it's fucked up because I'd literally get the biggest... Dairy Queen Blizzard. Because it's like, I already knew everything's going out. And getting the biggest one means I can have the most amount of oral pleasure. And financially, like even when you're broke, the difference between the small and the big is actually very little. But the whole point of this, again, is I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I had lactose intolerant and that dairy really messed with me. And I still fucking ate it. It's just so stupid. Really. Like, there is no other explanation other than obviously, you know, this whole journey is all about mindset. And I touched a little bit about that. And like, there's reasons we do shit because of our mindset. But again, the whole point of like, I think this series that I'm getting into is... This whole concept of basics, it's actually super simple. Like, the, the older I get, the more I realize that in everything, in health, in finances, in relationships, all these concepts are simple, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're easy. But they're simple. 
we we first need to not overcomplicate them. We first need to accept their simplicity and then just be honest that it can still be hard, but it is simple, right? At least if we get to that step, we're not lying to ourselves because often we want to overcomplicate things. We want to say it can't be that easy or it can't be that simple, sorry, but it is. So primal blueprint, law number two, avoid poisonous things. Super simple. So now let's kind of get into it as far as the cores of paleo in case you're new to all of this or you just need a refresher. So paleo is about eating wholesome foods like we covered in law number one, plants, animals, and avoiding poisonous things. So what we say poisonous things are overly processed foods. So any of the grains, any of them, all of them, all not good for us, all typically overprocessed, all typically GMO, I could go on. So what does that mean? That means wheat, barley, oats, any of that shit. It means corn. It means rice, even though rice is a gray one, and we can kind of touch on that a little later. But if you're beginning, let's just try to say that, um, mm, no, let's not make this too like level one, level two. White rice, uh, typically a lot of people in this community are okay with it. So let's say white rice is okay for now. And I can go into later why that is. Um, brown rice, not good because of the hull. Still got lots of bad stuff. Still got lots of those anti-nutrients. White rice, a lot of in this community get a pass. Um, grains are a big one. Uh, this happens in the keto community too, you guys. <laughs> uh, and again, keto people, I fucking love you. I do it all the time too, but you're just you're just not being educated. There are so many gross, disgusting, bad fats out there. So it's not just about the fact that it's a fat. There is super bad, heavily processed, really junky, really going to cause harm in your body fats. And those are anything that's heavily processed, particularly seed oils. So any of this bullshit that's like vegetable oil or I don't even know. I don't even use this shit. Canola oil and like this shit's not good. Good oils are when they're in a natural state or they're easily to be pressed out. So like avocados or olives are easy. They're easy to extract the oil. This other shit is super, super tough, super tough. And again, it's coming from junk like canola and what the fuck is vegetable oil? Can anyone actually tell me what the fuck vegetable oil is? Like what vegetables is vegetable oil coming from? Can you explain that to me? Cause I still haven't figured it out. And I love this. I took a picture of this when I was in Japan. I love how sometimes things can be translated and it just makes it hilarious. So I'm in a little, I don't even want to say grocery store, but like, uh, more like mom and pop little corner market. Uh, I think just trying to find some like coconut or uh, olive oil to cook with. And literally there was a bottle of vegetable oil and it obviously had a Japanese name, but then the English translation, kid you not, said junk oil. 
I, I, I took a picture. I had to share it. I was like, this is exactly the shit I'm talking about. Um, fucking margarine. Again, what is it? Can anyone tell me what this shit is? Because if you can't, why are you putting it in your body? And let's just start that with everything. If you can't tell me what the fuck you're eating, why are you putting it in your body? Like, if you haven't yet understood that everything that goes into your body is a raw material that then your body's going to use to build stuff up, you're not even in the game yet. So let's start there. Everything you put in your mouth hole is raw material that goes into your body to then be used to build shit. If you're putting garbage in your body, expect a garbage body, period. End of discussion. So that's what this whole law is about. Avoid eating poisonous things, a.k.a. avoid eating dumb shit. So we touched on grains. We touched on seed oils. We're going to touch on dairy. This is one that's kind of in the middle terms, but most people in this community, uh, paleo, uh, even keto, uh, tend to be quite um, stable in their thoughts, which is high-fat dairy is good because it still has a lot of the nutrients in it, and the high-fat content in this case can be good. Low-fat dairy is garbage because it's been heavily processed. If at all possible, always aim for grass-fed cows, always aim for least processed. So if you can get your hands on raw milk, uh, it's not something really available in Canada. Uh, I know in the States, there's a little bit more access. Um, good cheeses, like good aged cheeses that haven't been colored. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but cheddar that's orange is dyed. Because I don't know if you've ever seen orange milk, but I haven't. And so if you're eating orange cheese, that's neon orange, it's been dyed, all right? So you can find, like, good cheddar that's not dyed orange. So, um, high-fat dairy, but big, big caveat, only if it works for you. Because this is one, one of the things that in dealing with it myself... I can't tell you, and I'm sure you as a listener are like, oh, fuck, that's me. I can't tell you how many friends I know who are lactose intolerant, still consume dairy, and just accept that it's going to fuck up their bodies. And just accept that they're going to make a bathroom trip 30 minutes after they finish their meal. And just accept the repercussions of eating that food. It's, it blows my mind. And I get it because I did it for a little bit. Until I fucking clued in that this isn't good for me. But there's literally people I know who've been lactose intolerant for many, many years. Who will tomorrow still go and consume dairy. And will just deal with the repercussions of it. So dairy only, if you can accept, handle it. If you can't, get over yourself. It sucks, I know, but move on. There's other great things like coconut milk ice cream. Fucking delicious. Don't eat it too much. But it's way better than normal ice cream because you're not going to make a bathroom trip in 30 minutes after having it. So, like, super simple. Um, I feel like those are the main ones, unless I can think of 
anything else as far as what do I avoid? Greens. It's hard because I've just done this so long and like I just avoid them. And so I don't even think of them as foods anymore. Yeah, I think that's it. I think those are the big ones off the top of my head. If not, I know I'll interject it in a future podcast. But grains are a big one. Dairy, especially if you can't tolerate it. And bad, bad, bad oils. Bad oils. Super bad. Again, the keto community, I think, is not not educated enough. I think that's the stance. I don't want to be mad at them. I think they're just undereducated that a fat, a fat and a fat are not the same. Fats aren't created equally, just like everything. Proteins aren't created equally. Fats aren't created equally. So I don't think there's enough emphasis on good fats versus bad fats. And so hopefully some of you heard what I was saying today and start kind of looking at what's in these processed foods you're eating and and looking at what's in your pantry and what are you cooking with and what fats are you consuming on a daily basis because they're super important. I think I'm going to leave it at that because uh, we've definitely gone on a good rant for this one. So to conclude, Primal Blueprint Law number two, avoid poisonous things. Some plants don't want to be eaten. And they're very clear about that. And if we were actually smart and not dumb primates, we would avoid the foods that make us not feel good. And we would eat more of the foods that make us feel good, aka like law number one. So again, it's simple. I get it's tough. And and the whole point of this is it's all a journey. You're not going to figure it out in one night and then wake up the next day and like, la. I've got everything figured out. It doesn't work that way. I've been doing this for six and a half years and it's still a learning process. It's the reason I'm going through this is so I can re-educate myself and reevaluate. okay, where am I going wrong? What can be improved? How can I get to the next level? But let's not lie. It is not complex. It is actually very simple. So we just have to recognize the simplicity and work towards it. So just start evaluating what foods make you feel like shit. Or if this is the first time you heard some of these foods that I listed are poisonous, maybe poke around on the internet a little bit more. Maybe educate yourself a little bit more. Maybe you'll find some of the explanation of why there's this whole gluten-free movement. A lot of people are like, I don't get it. And it's like, well, it's because you're undereducated. And if you were educated, you'd understand why a lot of us are not consuming it because it makes us feel like shit. So we'll leave it at that. I appreciate you guys so much for listening to this. Um, Hit me up on social channels. Obviously, this is a new foray for me. And so I want your feedback. It's really going to help me grow and understand what you guys are looking for in here. And so this will be a wrap to... um, Part two of our Primal Blueprint series, Avoid Poisonous Things. Hope you guys have a great uh, Tuesday and likely you'll be hearing from me tomorrow because this has been fun to do every day for me. So probably going to keep doing this daily. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to talk about law number three, moving frequently at a slow pace. All right. Thanks, guys.